Welcome to the 40th episode of the Turf Talk Young Turfs podcast, powered by Viner Forgates. This is your host, Mason Intern Viner. Your co-host, Jordan Viner. And joining us for the second straight episode is your third host, Wayne Viner. And on today's episode, we're going to run through everything that has happened with the Maryland scandal since our last episode, including DJ Durkin being put on administrative leave, Matt Canada being named the interim head coach, Rick Court being placed on leave and then later being dismissed, and the press conference from today. Well, I think to start with, you never want to hear the words Maryland and scandal next to each other, but here we are. And let's get it started with DJ Durkin being placed on leave. I don't think this was a huge surprise to anyone involved. That DJ's been placed on leave at, at the edge of this scandal because... Heather Dinich put out a report on ESPN that said there was a toxic environment at the football facilities. I'm not saying that it was the right move, but given the pattern of behavior by this administration, I don't think this was surprising. No, and let's, let's look back at the letter from Wallace Lowe to the Maryland community. I am profoundly disturbed by the media reports yesterday. So he's disturbed by media reports. They're supposed to be investigating this football program over the death of Jordan McNair for months now. They have an athletic director whose sole job before became the athletic director about 60 days ago was to administer the football program, and they're upset because of a media report? It would make a heck of a lot more sense if they were upset because something actually happened. But we have no actual proof of that at the moment. No, the wording here is very important. He's upset by the media report. And as you have said, you could just walk down there. You're the AD. No one can stop you. Or the president, actually, in this case. No one can really stop you now and say, what is going on here? Continuing with this wording, we have media reports about, and this is from the letter, verbal abuse and intimidating conduct. Today, that changed to allegations. Later in the letter, we hear the words, I have directed Athletic Director Damon Evans. Today, that just changed to Damon Evans was doing things. So why have we changed what we're saying in the, over the course of the last two days? Well, it's changed. In this case, it's softened because I think some cooler heads prevailed. We said on our podcast from a few days ago that you got to make sure to note that these are allegations. Everybody was going around, this is the truth. The other thing is, anybody who's ever been to a football practice in their life, you're going to hear rough words. This is not an easy sport. This isn't a laid-back atmosphere. And if it was, you'd have a problem with that. This is an aggressive atmosphere because it's football. And it's about football and being aggressive. You've been to practices in lacrosse yourself, aggressive or soft? I mean, for us, it changes. I mean, obviously, we're high school, but when aggressive is needed, the coaches are going to be aggressive. It, and that's for any sport. That's for running. You said the Phil Knight book on our last podcast. That's for... Uh, Gary Williams. Aggressive I mean, practice. Yeah, that's our legendary coach right there who was known. I mean, he supposedly threw things and got mad and yelled every word in the book, but... I learned some new words from Gary Williams. Jordan? I think there needs to be a line somewhere, though. You can't have aggressive be the only facilitating ideal here. But was that proven? Were they only aggressive? No. Now, Roman Braglio did an interview with Don Marcus from the Baltimore Sun. Said he was there. He didn't see this. 
Perry Hill said he was there. He didn't see this. Other players, former players, have stepped up and said, I was there. I don't know what you're talking about. You brought up a few disgruntled people and others who were let go, and they had bad things to say about Maryland, and suddenly there, there's this big blow-up. Now, on the other hand, are we concerned about the safety of the athletes? Yeah. Yeah. Are we concerned that they're not being bullied? Can you rephrase that? Cause are I, you concerned that they are or are not being bullied? Yes. Mason? Yeah. I think there's a line between being aggressive and motivating and bullying somebody. When you, you're you doing stuff that, again, alleged stuff, like the candy bar incident where the guy who had to eat candy bars so he threw up to prove a point that he was fat, that is over the line. That is a bullying at that point. That's I don't see how it's being constructive to anything. Okay. I certainly don't want the bad things. And uh, Rick Court, they have a parting of the ways with the former strength and conditioning coach, Rick Court, uh, who was an SEC strength and conditioning guy. He's been at Maryland for three years plus. Yep. Yeah, the whole Durkin era was Durkin's first hire. And he has left. How much did he get? 315000 according to reports. So why is my question. Why did they let him go? No, why'd they pay him $315,000? Because he probably signed a contract for X amount of years, X amount of money, and he didn't reach the terms of that contract yet, but that's kind of irrelevant. He's gone. And we also didn't bring up that Matt Canada is interim head coach yet. Well, we'll get to Matt Canada. I think the reason they paid him is at the moment they don't have cause and they don't actually have a process to prove cause. So instead of getting sued for wrongful termination, it was decided, and probably a smart decision, that it's time for Rick Court to move on. We'll pay you to go away. You don't sue us, and we just move on. So maybe it was a very wise $315,000 that was spent. So at least for three games, Matt Canada seems to be the head coach. I come up with the three games because a review on the Jordan McNair situation is due on September 15th, and they just initiated a review uh, concerning the allegations of the culture of football. That's at least going to take 30, 40 days. Today is the... Today is the 14th? I'll take that. And there's going to be some overlapping time there. So Matt Canada, at least until the first Big Ten game, is going to be your head coach. Mason, what do you think about Matt Canada as a head coach? Well, as you all know from listening to me on Turp Talk and here on the podcast, I love Matt Canada as an offensive coordinator. But you're talking about a guy that's been here for now, what, three months, two months? If that. A little longer, but okay. Taking over as the head coach of this program, it's going to be on every coach in that building to continue preparing, to continue doing what they were doing. And Matt Canada's going to need some time to get himself together as a head coach. This will be his first position. And I think that we need to remember that training camp is still going on as this goes, and there's other stuff going on as this kind of disaster rolls on. And he has to try to block at least most of that out. I think probably if you're a player, you're really concerned and maybe scared with what's going on, but you have to be, try to get the guys focused on playing football again. Well, from being through some tough situations in real life, not just in football, sometimes it's a relief to go to the office. I think these guys are going to enjoy football more now than they did before because at least when they're playing football, they know what to do. 
the rest of this being in a swirl of media, being chased down by national media, for most of our 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, it's never happened before, and probably it's never happened to these coaches. They've never done this before. Football's easy, in this case, compared to real life. Well, for me, this whole thing is very surreal in some ways. Like, I can't believe this is happening to my team. I've supported DJ Durkin for his whole tenure here. I believed in what they were doing, but behind all that, it just seems to be a little, you know, in question right now. Oh, maybe. Maybe from a national perspective. Derwin Gray, guy could have left and gone pro. Prince was had offers to, to leave. He comes back. Look, look at a guy like Bortenschlager. Jordan. Jordan. Okay. I think before we get into defending or protesting what's going on, we should try to get it all out first. So what did they say at the press conference today before we get on our sides here? Uh, I think that it's probably an illuminating point to say we actually, I guess, have already picked our sides. Almost notwithstanding what was said today. Uh, But to me, Wallace Lowe, who I've seen in press conferences, who I've talked to myself, um, but not today. He basically said the university takes full responsibility for the situation. I don't think he went as far as saying for the passing, but for the situation that Jordan McNair found himself in when the university's training staff, and he laid it all on the training staff, misdiagnosed his heat stroke. Mason, does that sound close to you? Yeah, that's close to what he said, and really... I found it to be somewhat interesting that that's the first thing that he said. It really changed my view on the way the university is going to take to this situation. And I think it was the right thing to do because they looked at preliminaries from the report. It's going to come out at Maryland. Training staff didn't do what they were supposed to do, and I guess they missed that this was a heat stroke situation. Jordan? Well, the training staff, if this is true will probably be discredited and never work again. I think it's probably fair to say. And I think they probably did the right thing by going out and saying that this was on our guys, and that's a good first step to trying to get get us back in the right here, for lack of a better term. Um, They also had three findings that basically backed up what he said and that we were at fault. I think it's quite interesting, back to my illuminating point, that we're all weeing this. This is our place. It is our school. It is our team. And we certainly are hurt in many ways by what happened. And we're really upset by what happened and the outcome. And no matter how many times the university says they screwed up or I'm sorry, of course it hurt Jordan McNair the most, it hurt his family immeasurably, and it's affected every fan out there. So then Damon Evans speaks. Yeah, and what did Damon say, Mason? Well, Damon kind of took the questions are really, I mean, he gave his statement, which was very similar to President Lowe's, where he cited, of course, the findings, the early preliminary, as they call them, findings of the Walter Incorporation investigation into the training and then he moved on to when they spoke to the McNairs this morning which they said they were sorry and let's hit on that point for a second why is this the first time that President Lowe 
and Damon Evans have gone to the family of Jordan McNair and apologized. That is one thing that I think we all find a bit baffling and possibly unforgivable. Why would they wait two months after he died to say something to the family? I don't have a good answer. It, it, to me, there might be a good answer out there. I just don't have it at the moment. Um, furthermore, having to do this all out in, in, in public and hear all the national media that's there, a lot of the people who asked questions today after that press conference were not the regular Maryland media. It's everybody else. It's still a big media circus going on there. So, of course, you get the first headline out of it that says Maryland admits fault. And, uh, yeah, we did. And, and, yes, we probably should have. And maybe it should have come a little sooner. Yes, it probably should have. I understand they're waiting for the results of the report. But, and maybe that's why they took them this long. But a simple apology probably could have gone a long way if it happened sooner. I completely agree. But I also understand why they didn't, why they waited to admit fault. They need to see those first three things. Or the full report. They didn't need the national media to come over here and, you know, I don't even know what you want to call what the national media is doing right now to Maryland, almost ripping them apart. That's what happens when you make your big stage, Big Ten, this is big news. Allegedly, there's a few more things that are hanging out there. And one of them is, allegedly, possibly, there's a video of the... The uh, workout. The workout, good phrase for it, when Jordan McNair went down. And I know that there's been FOIA'd, which means they filled out a federal request, state request for information, not federal, state request because the university is a public entity. And if that video exists, I know the Baltimore Sun and Washington Post have put in the former paperwork, formal paperwork, to get that video. And if it exists, I'm sure, what's his name, uh, Billy Murphy? Billy Murphy. The attorney for the McNairs is also going to put in a similar request. So it's going to be very interesting in the sense of we might actually get to see what happened, but we've already admitted fault, which is probably a good legal move. Well, I personally don't care to see the video if it is out there and gets released. Uh, uh, Not in a voyeuristic way. I don't want to see it because I want to see if these, if my guys, my team, my state, if they've been telling the truth. DJ Durkin represents and Evans and Lowe represents a lot to us. It's our team, our school, and our state all wrapped into one. Yeah, Maryland pride. Absolutely. What is this? Right now, this university, and I believe Barry Sfarluga wrote an article about this, that it put a stain on the university. Not only the football program, not only the athletics department, this is a stain on the university, and the way the university likes to sell themselves, it's a stain on the state of Maryland. In, in many ways, yes. And at the bottom of this, and at the top of it, for first and last, one of the players that we root for, that was Terrapin, one of our guys, died because somebody didn't do something right. And it takes a long time, if ever, to get over this stuff. It's- well, speaking of the Washington Post, um, Jesse Dowry, the Terrapin beat writer, asked probably the question that we were certainly in this room thinking of, which is David Evans' job, as we already said, was to look over the football department. And if that is the case, then how on earth did he not know this was going on if it is true? It leads back to if it is true. If it really is a toxic environment, or did it just look like football? 
I've uh, been called more names, and I related this story to you guys a couple of days ago, more names at a football practice than I've ever been lit up in my life because that's just that environment. Now, you could argue whether it's right or wrong. I'm just going to say it is. And maybe in today's culture, football isn't the right sport and you can't teach the way you did before, but Damon Evans played at Georgia. That's a tough, big boy football program. Maybe he just saw what he saw his whole life, but it's interpreted differently today. Well, if that is the case, then those things that were over the line, you would think most people would say, that's not okay. If it, if it didn't happen, then he wouldn't report it. That, that's the case, right? If it didn't happen, there's nothing to if say happen. If it didn't happen, there's nothing to report. Then if he just why was he, saw football... Then why was he let go then? Or why, did, why is DJ on leave then? Because it's the responsible thing to do. They have a report, they have some upset people, and in the administration's mindset, especially after somebody passed away, and maybe it's because of this culture, that things weren't done right, then you ask the guy to step aside for a moment until we can take a look at it. I don't think it's completely out of bounds to do what they did. I actually think legally today, Maryland did okay. I wouldn't particularly put Wallace Lowe or Damon Evans up to give a speech. It was up to me. They don't come across as I've heard some others come across. They're not top flight speakers in public, but I believe the actions, if you take out the people who did them, just say these actions were done today or over the past week, do they make sense? Probably they do. Whether you like the people involved or not, Admitting fault for this, saying I'm sorry was the right thing to do. Maybe it was a couple weeks too late. Putting Rick Court and the trainer on leave is probably the right thing to do, and it's quite possible putting DJ on leave until we can get to the bottom of whatever happened. Probably the right thing to do. So I have some questions, and I need some quick answers, not, not really... These are just simple questions. If Damon Evans, if that's what he's seen on the football field his whole life, should he still be fired for this? Which he? Damon Evans. If this is just, if he comes out and says, well, that's how I was coached at Georgia, that's how I was coached in Pee Wee, and I didn't see anything, do you still think he'll be fired? No. No. I think that if, are you saying that if everything in the report is true? Are you saying should DJ be fired or Damon Evans? Damon Evans. No, he should not. So DJ Durkin, it's come out now, was known as quite the aggressive guy at his former jobs, especially when he was the coach at when he was the coach at Bowling Green. Do you think the university should have known about that before they hired him that he was an extra aggressive guy? I think they did know, and I think that was fine. Aggr- extra aggressive is not on its own a bad thing. It's when it gets out of hand, as it seems to have possibly gotten here, it becomes a bad thing. I think that taking out a guy out on a limb and thinking that he could probably get it under control and keep it in check to the point where it wasn't a bad thing is not It's not out of line. I think it was perfectly fine to th- say that. I'm happy they had an aggressive coach. Uh, it, I will second what Jordan said. And, once again, I know it's supposed to be quick. 
If you take out the fact that George McNair passed away, which you really can't, but if you could, and said, I have a guy who was insulting people loudly at a football practice, is that a crime? You'd probably say no. no. The problem here is that maybe because of that, somebody died. That's an issue. Well, what about the other stuff, though? The other things that we kind of cannot all agree were out of line that were uh, in the report. Are we assuming those aren't true anymore? I'm assuming that if you take a guy who overall you trust and he said some things you shouldn't say or made somebody eat until they threw up and you send them to counseling or you tell them you can't, that that's not the way it works in this decade, you probably can get by. I'm not sure you have to fire the guy. I can probably agree with that. Supposed to be quick, so back to Mason. I had one more, but... I believe it was my last question. I've kind of been thinking about this one over the past couple of days is, and we did discuss it, should Wallace Lowe and Damon Evans, when they're up on the podium, be doing anything that they're not? Should they be saying maybe everyone here should have been more vigilant? Because it doesn't seem like those two, especially... Are you asking should they take some responsibility? Yeah. Why are they trying to blame it all on the trainers? Why aren't they saying anything but that? This is to me? It's to, it's to anyone that wants to answer it. I guess I'll go first because I feel like uh, Wayne's here is going to have a, quite the answer. I think... What? Okay. <laughs> hold, just hold up for a minute. I think, as I've been taught, when you're the boss, it's all your fault. And I understand for legal purposes it may be trying to shift it off them a little bit. But I think from a moral perspective and a business perspective and all the other perspectives you have... You need to take some responsibility because the fact is someone, a 19-year-old kid died at your school in your department and you can't not have some of the blame on you. Well, you've been taught well. That's a good answer. I will, I agree, but I am sure legal and the communications department and the uh, this associate athletic director in charge of media relations have all cautioned them to not say something you can't take back because it will be used against you quite possibly in a court of law. So they say very little. It often makes them seem inhuman. I, I actually believe this all deeply bothers them, but I am sure that they are restrained in what they can say. I'll, I'll throw it a hard one, just one final one here. Do you think that there that this will end with President Lowe being removed and or Damon Evans, or I, both? I have heard a lot that there's a very large contingent at this point of Maryland fans that think that it's time, it may be time to clear house, especially at the top. Um, I personally think I can see doing it. I don't think it's going to happen. Personally, I think it's not a terrible idea, but we'll see, I suppose. Well, I know that Wallace Lowe and I've confirmed this with others, has said off and on that he's near the end of his tenure. I think once you get through this, I think that will be enough. I think the stress, the constant worry about what's going on would be enough to make anybody step aside. I would not be surprised if this is Wallace Lowe's last act at Maryland. On the other hand, for Damon Evans, this is his first act. He had the job at Georgia. It ended for other reasons. They weren't on the field. He has a chance to redeem himself. If he can pull this back together and get anything positive out of this, 
I think he might be around for a long time. Mason, who who we brought who is this brought to you by tonight? This podcast as the last month and continuing into September will be has been brought to you by Watercrafters in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Watercrafters has been providing swimming pool services and supplies to the Montgomery County area for the past 35 years. Watercrafters highly skilled service staff can open and close your pool as well as provide new equipment installations, repairs, and weekly service. The Gaithersburg Air Park Retail Stream has everything for your swimming pool, including chemicals, parts, and fun accessories. Visit Watercrafters Retail Stream in the Gaithersburg Air Park or online at www.watercrafters.com. So one thing that we didn't really mention that I think is also important is I don't think you want a change of leadership right now. I think that we're all kind of processing this at the same time and we need we just need someone at the head we need it to be consistent and we need to stay in whatever direction we're going because I don't think switching up right now is going to look good on anybody well I haven't lived through one of these in real time the last Maryland episode of this magnitude was the death of one bias and I was on campus soon after that my dorm was across from uh, where he used to live and I saw a lot of media around a lot of them were on pay phones calling stories in or, or typing or doing things you don't really do anymore this is the first real-time Twitter online disaster that I've been through at this level and it is type of thing where you just keep looking at your Twitter and, and you and you just hope that the next shoe that doesn't drop it is worse than the one before. So, a completely different experience. Speaking of the national media, there's been a lot of, I feel, discomfort with these national media people that fly in and have been around the university recently covering our team. You know, they're telling stories about our guys and they don't really know what's been going on here. Well, you Do you s- have a problem with that? You heard that a little bit today when we were waiting for the press conference on the radio side on the CBS stations, what used to be CBS Sports Radio, um, where guys were making comments about Maryland and you said they don't know what they're talking about. You have Heather Dinich popping in, who's been a thorn in the side of Maryland since Ralph was here, and I'm not a big Heather fan, and she was the lead person who still hasn't written the article about what Roman Braglio said or about what Perry Hill said. Or why would a Bortenschlager, who isn't even going to play here, decide to come back instead of transfer? Why don't you go interview the people who have a, who were actually there who, who aren't negative because they were let go? But, you know, they're going to do what they have to do to get clicks and to still sell newspapers or, or pick up eyeballs on TV. And that's just the way this world is anymore, Mason. And do you have a problem with a various... Sverluga. Sverluga. A dookie, of course. Or some of the people from the Washington Post that have come in that really aren't... We, we go to the press conferences. They aren't ever there. They don't go to the games. They don't go to the press conferences. But we need to write a column. We need to write a column. The Washington Post had to respond. Um, you know, Roman Stubbs was on this beat for a long time. He moved off of it. He's Jesse Dower. Oh, he's back on it now. He's back. Well, this is a national story. Uh, this, this is a big-time story. I don't like people just floating in and writing down whatever they think, but then that's their job. They're making the big bucks to be able to form an opinion like this and write a column 
and you're not always going to agree with what they write, but at least they have a job to do. Uh, I'd like to see this get back to the point where we could actually talk to the football coach and or interview the players. I understand, once again, this is an unprecedented issue that the university is facing, and I, I am not sure what you would do with an 18 or 19-year-old kid who now has this level of media attention asking them, uh, other than practice today, well, how does this all impact you? I, I don't know how in the world we're going to get back to interviewing the players about football. Yeah, and I would like to say something that's kind of selfish at this point, is this is one of my favorite times of year. We get to go to practice, we get to go to football practice, we get to talk to the guys, everything's excited, and this has kind of ruined that time for us. Well, look, I don't know how you reintroduce a sense of normalcy here. I don't know if you can. I really don't know if you can. I think that we were trying really hard to get that back even after Jordan died. And I don't know if, like I said, I don't think you can get it back for months at the end at this point. And I don't know how it's going to work if you have media and say only football questions or you get thrown out. I don't know if that's going to work. It's not. It's not. The media would walk out on that. I don't think that could happen. But that, that's my opinion. Um, there's going to be a game on September 1st. Matt Kenna is going to coach this team. From the practice reports I've heard in wrapping this up, uh, Kasim Hill looks really good. The defense now being run by Heater, because Canada made that move that Heater's in charge of the defense now. So Andy Boo got demoted? Durkin called the plays last year. Heater will call the plays this year. The defense really has picked it up over the past day or so with Heater in charge. I think this team's coming together. And despite everything else, the talent is still there. So we'll have a lot more to say from the ground in College Park in our next episode. Well, I got one more wrap-up. Do you think if they win, it will go away? Winning fixes everything is what to I've To an extent. I don't think it's going to go away completely. Is, are the issues going to go away? No. Maryland's still going to have to make a settlement with the McNairs. We still have to figure out if DJ's going to coach another game here. But if the team wins, it'll make a lot of people happy. I think in the end, that's people want this to be done right, and they want to win. Right now, we're not hitting aces on either one of these. So it can get better from here, Mason. Can't get much worse, can it? I should not have said that, should I? You should not have said that. That's all I got for tonight. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. As always, we would like to thank our sponsors of the Young Turfs podcast, Viner Fourgates. They built TurfTalk.com, InTheCreaseLacrosse.com, and Talk Redskins, and they can build a site just like that for your company. You can reach them on the phone at 301-251-2900 and Watercrafters. They're the place to go for all your swimming pool needs. You can find them in the Gaithersburg Air Park or online at www.watercrafters.com. As always, this has been your host, Mason the Intern Viner. Your co-host, Jordan Viner. And your third, sometime temporary guest, Wayne Viner. Hopefully, hopefully we won't have a need for a guest for a while after this, but I have no idea how long this disaster is going to go. I guess we'll end it there. Yeah, we'll be updating you guys as it happens here on the podcast. This will also be our last podcast with Jordan being live as he is going back to school. Well, that's true, but he'll be back for the Texas game. So we'll, we'll catch it up then. Yes, we will. And 
As always, thanks for listening.